You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Thank you, Susan, for those kind words and for your prayer. Uh, thank all of you for your prayers and for your encouragement and affirmation over these past few weeks. And please continue uh, those prayers in the weeks to come as Suzanne and I land in a new place uh, for a new season of ministry uh, to the people of St. Matthew's United Methodist Church down in Metairie. This morning we wrap up our series on the parable of the prodigal son. This illustration that Jesus uses to teach us what it means for those whose relationship with God is broken who seek restoration of that relationship through repentance, where they are received by a father who is just as, if not more, prodigal than the son is. Now, if you recall, the claim made against Jesus is that he welcomes sinners and that he eats with them. And so in these three parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost or the prodigal son, Jesus shows us the value of what is lost. He shows us what repentance looks like and the celebration that must accompany a sinner who is lost and repents and is found. Last week, we saw the response of the father who, as the son gave his rehearsed confession, saying he's no longer worthy to be received as a son, the father interrupts him in mid-sentence. Get the best robe. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Prepare a feast. Because in God's economy, when a sinner repents and returns home, heaven rejoices. And so should we. And so this morning, we turn our attention to the older brother, reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 25 through 32. Let us hear God's word for us this morning. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered the father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So through the younger son, we learn what repentance is looks like to turn around. And we learn how prodigal God's love and God's grace is that God can redeem what is lost and restore what is broken. Not just partially, but completely. 
And while we celebrate the return of the younger son and we celebrate the love of God the Father, the older brother has been off stage and has been silent until now. We talked about Luke's gospel as a whole being the gospel of the nobodies, written by a Gentile who shows us over and over examples of people who are on the outside being brought into God's kingdom. But we also see the response of those who believe that they are on the inside, pointing the finger at Jesus. If you remember, I've told it every week because it's such a great example, the woman who walks in as Jesus is dining at the home of a Pharisee and she anoints Jesus' feet and they huddle in the corner and they say, if only he knew what kind of woman this is. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus is again dining at the home of a Pharisee and Jesus teaches them not to sit in the place of honor, but sit in the lowest place. For those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And he teaches them, don't dine with your friends and your rich neighbors. Instead, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. Invite those who are on the outside because God will honor you. But this is not the world in which they live. The way that they understand the world is that honor is earned. Honor comes with a price. They have earned their place at the table. And the idea of grace is lost on them. In this parable, the older son represents those who believe that they are on the inside, including the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Jesus' day. And they simply cannot accept a world in which God offers such prodigal love and such prodigal grace. If you're on the outside, stay there. If you're on the outside, you probably deserve to be there. You might recall the Jewish version of this parable that I told the first week that we were together that existed before the time of Jesus told among the Jewish people where the father welcomes the son not with open arms but with his arms crossed, scolding the son and rejecting him. This is their understanding of what it means to be one on the outside that is not part of the in club. If you notice in our scripture, the oldest son focuses on the dishonor that has been caused by this brother. And notice the language. He's devoured your property with prostitutes. This son of yours has come back. And again, in doing that, Jesus is pointing to, pointing to the brokenness of the relationship. But here, the relationship between the older brother and the younger is certainly broken. But now the older brother's relationship with his father is broken as well. The older brother focuses solely on the honor that he believes that he has earned. I have worked as a slave for you. I have never disobeyed you. Where's my celebration for what I have done? In other words, what kind of God welcomes sinners? What kind of God welcomes those people? 
What kind of God honors people who have not done anything to earn it? Through Jesus, God rewrites the economy in which they live. These people have created their own economy that dictates who is in and who is out. It's a world that benefits them and keeps those other people over there. But now at the end of this parable, we see the roles reversed. The younger son is now celebrating his return home. He's celebrating his relationship with his father being completely restored. And now it's the older son who is lost. It's the older son who is seeking to live life on his own terms. The father remains prodigal. He pleads with the older brother. He pleads with him to accept this new reality, to accept the way in which God's kingdom works, but he simply can't. So the question that we're challenged with at the end of this parable is this. Yes, God welcomes sinners and eats with them. But will those who believe that they are among the 99 embrace them as well? Or will they exclude themselves from being a part of God's kingdom for the sake of being right? God's heart is certainly for the lost. Not that God's heart is not for the 99 as well, but in this parable we see God's passion for the recovery of what is lost. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the kingdom that we're asking for. This is the kingdom that we are called into. This is the kingdom in which you and I are to live. Twenty years ago or so, I found myself surrounded by people who invited me and welcomed me just as I was. And I was a mess. If they hadn't done that, there is no telling where I would be today. But I promise you, as we gather here this morning, as safe and secure as we may feel, there are prodigals out there who need to know of God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. And it is up to us to tell them, to assure them, that there is a place for them at the table as well. That the same prodigal grace that we have received in our lives is also available for them. So as I gave some thought this past week to the four years that we have spent together here at Asbury, I asked myself, what would I want us all to learn from this season that we have shared together? And I have just a few thoughts for you this morning. If a water pipe freezes and bursts at 5 o'clock in the morning, don't wear dress pants and suede shoes. Bring a coat. Bring some gloves. Bring some coffee. It's going to be a long day. If you get a new roof, on your home or your building, check it and check it and double check it and triple check it and check it again just to be sure. 
bats. The best soccer team in the world is, of course, Liverpool, who won their first English title in 30 years this past week. I know you were watching, I know you were paying attention, and I know you are excited. I had to get that in my sermon somewhere. On a more serious note, go after the prodigal. Encourage them. Love them. Just where they are. Invite them, welcome them, honor them, you know, like Jesus did. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, we give you thanks for all you have done in each of our lives, that you have reserved a place for all of your children at the table. Be with us. Give us your eyes. Give us your heart that we might go after those who are lost, who need to know of your goodness, especially this day. Let them know that they are welcome at the table. Amen.